what bold people know is that there's a small circle of people whose opinions actually matter to them. And the rest of the people, it doesn't matter. They don't, they, they don't know that person and that, the, that person doesn't know them. So it's like, oh, he's an idiot, right? What, because I, I always use the example of like, if you're driving on the highway and you cut somebody off and they yell out the window, you effing idiot, are you actually an effing idiot because they called you that? Or were you just in a hurry? Or were you just not paying attention? You don't, you're not deciding, oh my gosh, I'm an idiot. I, had, I hadn't even thought about it, but I'm actually <laughs> an idiot because that guy exactly. told me I was. Attempting to simplify the complexities of entrepreneurship and what makes for a good life. This podcast is riddled with questions, ideas, philosophical food for thought, tangible takeaways, and honest stories that highlight one man's journey. My name's Evan Shank. Welcome to the podcast, Which Way Now? What's going on, Which Way Now Nation? I have a special guest today for you. This man, he's an author, a speaker, an entrepreneur, a business advisor. He's co-founded the most successful dentist referral service in the country, 1-800-DENTIST. He's previously written two books on marketing and has dabbled in stand-up and improv comedy. He says that he's acted in bad movies and excellent TV commercials. His latest book, Super Bold, From Underconfident to Charismatic in 90 Days, is an Amazon and Wall Street Journal bestseller. He once beat Sir Richard Branson at chess, and he was also a question on Jeopardy. He's an avid cyclist, a below-average tennis player, and an even worse golfer. His words, not mine. He lives in L.A. Let's welcome Fred Joyle to the podcast. How's it Evan, going, Fred? great to be on the show. It's, uh, you know, looking forward to our conversation and talking about boldness and all sorts of other stuff. Yes, absolutely. This is an honor and a pleasure. Thank you for taking the time. I know I kind of just spilled the beans on a little bit about you, but I want to hand the mic to you and uh, just kind of introduce yourself to the audience today. Yeah, I started out that my real career began in the advertising business as a copywriter after bouncing around and doing all sorts of other jobs, not having any sense of what I wanted to do. It took me eight years to finish college, even just bouncing around the, the world, trying to figure out what was interesting. And then the day I walked into an ad agency, I, I said, oh, these are my people. This is this is what I've been looking for. I could actually do this for a living. Uh, and then after a few years of doing it, uh, I realized I wanted to own my own business. I didn't like being an employee particularly. Uh, and I was young and dumb enough to actually try something like run my own business. And I had a good friend who said, let's do it together. So we we had the, the option of uh, taking a bigger risk. We weren't married and all that. And we had an idea. We had a friend who had this 800 number and he said, yeah, I think you could guys could turn it into a business. So we just started in, in 1986. And uh, I created all the advertising, my partner did the selling, and we had to invent every aspect of the business. And, you know, there was a million twists and turns along the way, but we kept it for running for 30 years, and then eventually sold it about five years ago. And uh, we generated, or we added it up over 30 years, we generated over a billion dollars of revenue. And uh, somebody said, like, do you know how few people do that? I hadn't really thought about it till that moment. Um, but along the way, I started to do public speaking. I, I had written a couple of books on marketing for the dental industry. And then I finally got to the point where I had like this passion of, of helping people to become bolder because I had done that for myself. I had started out as an incredibly shy person growing up and underconfident and missed tons of opportunities and hesitated when I should have acted and missed relationships and fun and jobs and, and deals and sales and whatever, you know, the, the whole, the list goes on forever. And it just frustrated me. And I taught myself to be bolder and bolder and bolder. And then I just decided I could teach other people. And that's what I did last year is finished writing the book, Super Bold, which teaches people how to 
grow their confidence and boldness to whatever level they want to reach. Uh, and that's where I've been spending a lot of my time now lecturing on it and putting together a workshop, a two-day workshop on it to really accelerate people. So that's where I'm at now. That's amazing. And I mean, what a story and so many different things that you've been a part of. I've already mentioned to the audience, they're very aware that I kind of come from with to this podcast with a little bit of more of a marketing mind than anything. So, and I'll, I'll admit to the audience, you and I had some time to chat before this, this uh, recording here today. And there's just a lot of kindred spirit here between some of your story and, and what I aspire to be and all of this stuff. And this audience here on the Which Way Now podcast, we're all entrepreneurs in some sort of sense. We have this spirit about us that says, I kind of want to try this. Let's go for it. I want to do that. How can I make this successful? I want to carve out my ideal life by doing things that are exciting. And when we were first talking about this, you know, I just thought, wow, we got to bring you on here and talk about this idea of boldness and even beyond that into what we're calling super bold. And so why don't you quickly kind of explain what actually is this term boldness? Because I think in a lot of different words out in the uh, English language, you know, they have some sort of connotation and everybody says they understand the word. But then if you actually ask a bunch of individuals to break it down and define it, you get a bunch of different answers. So why don't you share with us, what does it mean to be bold? What is that actually? Yeah, a, a lot of people think, oh, it means you're being a show off or you're an attention whore or something like that. All that means is that you are stepping up. You are seizing opportunities. You are taking your confidence and going into action. And people say, well, confidence and boldness, they're kind of the same. No, confidence is how you feel. Boldness is what you do. Boldness is stepping in a lot of times into your discomfort zone to discover something, try something that has risk associated with it. And that could be... Uh, talking to an attractive person across that you saw at a party or asking for a raise or starting a business, uh, raising money for that business, giving a eulogy for uh, a parent, uh, learning to do public speaking. All of these things take venturing into discomfort until you get comfortable at it, which takes time, but it takes less time than you think if you start to work with your mindset, but it's not about manipulating people and, and uh, getting over on people and getting away with stuff. It's about bringing the full you to the world and chasing your dreams and not, you know, and when you get the end of the life, you just, uh, your life, you, you're saying, uh, you know, I left it all on the mat. I, you know, I left it all on the, on the dance floor, whatever. I, I gave it all. I didn't, I didn't play it safe. I mean, who the hell wants that on their tombstone? I played it as safe as possible. Um, exactly. But that's how a lot of people behave for decades. And they think, oh, well, I'm, I'm pretty comfortable here. So I, I don't want to I don't want to feel uncomfortable. I don't want to fail. I don't want to. And what happens is the clock runs out. Yeah. And then at that point, you know, obviously there's literally no going back and that's it yeah. for you. And so who do you want to be and what's the legacy you want to leave, not only for yourself, but the stories that are written about you or that are discovered about you after you're gone and can't represent yourself anymore? You know, that's very true. And that was one of the questions you d dug straight into. One of the first ones I wanted to bring up was kind of this, this difference between boldness and confidence. And so you're saying that, and correct me if I'm wrong or maybe even elaborate more, confidence is something that you have or you don't. And then but that doesn't mean that you're bold. The boldness is the action specifically. And a lot of people confident, feel confident in a lot of situations. I mean, when people say, I'm shy, I say, are you shy 100% of the time? Shy with your family? Shy with your friends? You know, shy with, you know, your dog? I mean, like, are you, that's shyness. If otherwise, you behave in a shy way based on certain conditions. And you're confident in certain situations. You know, if, you, if you're really good at, at playing guitar, you're confident at playing guitar. Are you confident enough to play in front of people? That's mm. boldness. That's saying, okay, I'm going to go where 
there's risk involved. There's an audience and I'm going to, I'm going to feel like people are judging me. And that's, that's where people get stopped. And so there's a whole bunch of people who are, who say I'm confident most of the time, unless it counts, <laughs> unless it's important. <laughs> like I got, um, I, I'm really confident at work. I do a great job, but you know, I wanted to meet that guy at that party and I, I couldn't even look at him. And then mm. that's, and so, so she's no, recognizing that there's a moment in, in where she's the confidence crumbles and she can't act. And that's what I try to teach people is, is how to step through that and develop the, the life skills to build your boldness muscle actually with a series of exercises, just like you would to train for a marathon or, or to learn an instrument, you're going to do scales to learn most instrument instruments, which is, it's not interesting for anybody else to listen to, but you're get <laughs> that's how you get better at playing the instrument. Boldness exercises, which is what my book is full of, make you stronger so that when it matters, when you got a concert to play, uh, you, you can call on that and you'll speak up. You'll step up and you'll you'll seize that moment that day and you won't have the regret of not stepping up. And it's really powerful to understand that that bold people know that trying and not succeeding is nowhere near as painful as not trying. Oh, that's, that's what gnaws at them. And that's what gnaws at all of us. But the moment's gone. The window's shut for the opportunity. And now we ju- all we've got is, I should have tried that. Yeah. And once again, looking back, whether it's at the end of your life or at the end of that moment, because somebody else went up and talked to the girl or whatever it is. Yeah. We don't want to live that way because, well, and I th- I'm sure that it's different for everybody. But as I sit here and kind of ponder on that, it's like, if, if I have all of these failed attempts in my life or it wasn't even attempt. It was a thought that I had and then it fleeted because I was not bold enough to act on it. It can start to mess with you a little mentally, you know, and then it's like, oh, well, maybe I'm not that person. You know, I had this aspiration, this idea in my mind, but look at how many times I never took action on it. That's probably not for me. And you start to manipulate your own view of yourself and your identity. And it almost makes you backslide even more from the thing that is that golden trophy, the thing that you wanted so bad that seems so exciting for you. It is kind of interesting. Is that something um, that you would agree with or um, other points to that that you might be able to share with us? Yeah, well, I've never really heard that specific thing expressed, even though I talk mm. about boldness all the time. But, but that is certainly what happens when you start stacking up these regrets is your self-definition changes. You could say, look, no, I'm adventurous. And you say, well, when's the last adventure? Like when, right. when did you take any real risk? Well, it was mostly at playing cards <laughs> or video games. It's like, uh, no, <laughs> that sure. doesn't count. And you know, it that's not adventurous to play video games really hard. Um, and so, yeah, that it, our brain interprets who we are by what we do hmm. it's if, if if you even if you were exercising if you exercise on the weekends uh, once maybe twice you're you're a dabbler right you're a weekend warrior your brain says i'm not somebody who exercises and you also have to restart you have to motivate yourself to do it if you do some sort of exercise something physical every day your brain says I'm somebody who moves and you don't right. have to decide to do it. You just, you're doing it. And actually what you develop is the hunger to do it. Uh, you, you go two, three days. If, if you're used to exercising, you go two, three days without a workout or a week without a workout, or you get sick or something like that or injured, you're tormented by the fact that you can't exercise because your brain says, wait a minute. We're, Something's we're somebody wrong. who exercises. Um, what, I, I'm unhappy. Um, and it's the same thing with boldness. You, you work at your boldness every day. I make sure I do something bold every day. I talk to a complete stranger. I'll talk to five, 10 strangers in an average day. Um, 
I'll I'll take some sort of risk. I'll fire something out. You know, I'll say, look, this I'll feel that moment. It's like I'm hesitating. Oh, I, I don't know if I want to do that. And I say, you you can't. You're the Super Bowl guy. You got to go do it. You got you're if you're hesitating, that's a red flag. You it means you got to go. Well, there's um, extra pressure on you, Fred. I mean, oh, hell yeah. the book, right? <laughs> do you ever have <laughs> moments where you're like, where you're like, crap, I shouldn't have even written this book. Yeah, now yeah, I, yeah, really yeah. I, I need myself to get away here so they don't recognize me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but what a, what an inspiration in a way to carry yourself. And then to, like you said, to document this, not only in this best selling book, which congratulations, by the way, how long has it been on the shelves? Since October uh, of, of 2020. So, I mean, it, it peaked in, in, in October and November, but it's, it's still out there. It, you know, it comes in waves. Actually, it comes in waves based on the podcasts that I do. Oh, there we go. Um, but, you know, I'm constantly getting feedback from people. I, I was just on a, a webinar that was in the dental industry. I still do some of that stuff. I, I would still do some marketing stuff. And this woman in the chat, irrespective of anything, types, Super Bowl changed my life. I hadn't even mentioned the book. I mean, it was visible in the background. My bookshelf was visible in the background. But and I thought, well, that's a really nice thing to hear. That's that because I have no idea who she is. I have no idea how she got the book. Um, and so and that's that's my passion as I've I've made a bunch of money. I've had a lot of success and helped people be successful. But to help people be bolder, that's what I'm passionate about, because we need bolder people. We got big problems in this world. You know, we pe- need people who go, I, I could solve this. I think I can try this. I can put a bunch of people together and we can figure this out. That's, that's what we need. That's what I'm hoping to create. And I don't, I don't want to be around people who, who stop chasing their dreams. Uh, I, I want people who say, yeah, tried, failed, tried, failed, and tried, failed. But I learned so much. I think I can crack it this time. And, and yeah. I, I love that about people when they do that, when they, you know, they'll, they'll walk off the, you know, the basketball court and say, wow, I sucked today. Um, but you know what? I figured out why I sucked. You know, it's like I'm, I'm pivoting off the back foot when I should be standing flat, whatever the heck it is. And then, and then when I see people do it in life, they say, oh, you know what I did wrong with my presentation? It, you know, I had, somebody told me, not to use bullet points in my PowerPoint. And I did, and I read the damn things and I, you know, and you don't beat yourself up about it. You say that didn't work. Why didn't right. it work? Cause I did something wrong Undo it differently the next time. And it's the same thing with meeting people. If you try to meet some, there's somebody amazing that you want to meet, you're going to be a little anxious because you're like, this is important. I want to meet them. And you may stumble a little bit. But if you find a way, I mean, I teach how to relax yourself in those situations so that you're not tripping over your tongue and, and not acting goofy and you're just acting like a normal person. But once you do that, you say, oh, OK, that felt pretty good. And, I, and, and, and I've done it. I've, I've been in situations where even now where I've met really interesting people, just had this great conversation and I broke it off early. And as I'm walking away, I'm going, they weren't done. What the hell am I walking away for? Uh, I could have, you know, I could have gone another deeper connection with this person because I had found a way to open them up by just being interested in them and telling them how, you know, how much I appreciated what they did. You know, I did this with a couple of actors recently. Um, But, you know, people have business people they admire and um, athletes that they admire, musicians that they admire talk to these people. Uh, you know, I, I really admire comedians cause that's a, that's a high wire act, man. It's a, <laughs> yes, it's the fastest feed bo- feedback loop there is. And it's oh, irrefutable, man. right? No they kidding. did not laugh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you've yeah. actually put yourself up on stage doing that before. Yeah. Because I, I, I had a good friend who was a working comic and he said, I know you want to do this. I said, yeah, but you know, I don't know how it's going to go. And it's like, you know, if, if they don't laugh, I don't know how I'm going to feel. It's, he said, like, that's why you have to do it. And he said, yeah. because it, not doing it will torment you the rest of your life. He said, put five minutes together and get up there and you will suck. Right. And people probably won't laugh. 
but then you'll have done it. And then you'll know that all the things that are really important, you don't even understand yet till you get up there. He says, all the things mm-hmm. that you were, you're afraid of, you'll realize you're not supposed to be afraid of. And then you're going to figure out what you are supposed to be afraid of. And it was absolutely true. And I got a few laughs, but then I started to build 10, 15 minutes of material. And I, I almost never bombed because he had taught me to, to you know, step into the arena and he had all the rules he said never blame the audience when they don't laugh never never blame yourself blame the joke when it doesn't work no you don't have to say it out loud but you can say if joke dies you can just say that was really funny to me in the bathroom uh, this morning i do not know what happened right and they'll laugh at that Right. Because oh, man. Yeah, you didn't no own the failure. You just said, look, I'm, I'm just trying stuff. And uh, sometimes it's not going to work too bad. Oh, man. But and, th- and that's they don't want to see somebody nervous. They don't want to be some see somebody anxious. They I've seen guys with average material kill because they do it with such confidence. And 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 and, and they're just they 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 roll right through the lack of laughter right to the to the next stuff. And and they bombed enough where they go. I didn't. It, it, either way, it's over. I killed or I bombed. Either way, it's over. Yeah. Up, up, next set. Bring it on. Man, that's so funny that 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 has been part of your story. And um, when I first kind of found that out about you, I was like, well, I need to bring that up and talk to him because it's a very low priority thing on my spectrum of stuff that I want to accomplish or try to just put myself out there, which obviously is very much in line with what your book's all about. But I've actually publicly said to friends and family, I think I'm going to do a stand-up bit sometime, just at a local spot. Maybe it's a five-minute spot. And they're like, well, Evan, sometimes you're funny, but I'm like, come on. I think I'm funny like most of the time, right? <laughs> like, I don't know. And I said, well, here, it'll whether I do well or not, just make sure you're there because it'll be entertaining to you because you know me and you're going to know that I'm nervous, but I'm going to try it anyway. Right. So come watch my public humiliation because I'm I'm going for it. You know, yeah. You know what? Go for, a, go for an open mic. It's you're going to yeah. you're going to you. The thing is, it, you you get up and do three minutes and don't get a single laugh. You walk away going, yeah, I got up. You, yeah. you can't expect it to, to be Richard Pryor or Jay Leno. It, you know, this is decades of skill that they've developed. The other thing that I did that was actually, it's a tremendous creation of life skill was improv comedy. Right. Yeah. That's a whole other thing I'd imagine. Yeah. Because it's, you're learning to go on stage and create scenes with other people. And people say, well, that seems insane, like impossible. How do you just go up when they get a suggestion from the audience to create a whole scene that turns out to be funny? Well, they don't start by walking on stage and taking a suggestion from the audience and trying to create a scene. It starts non-verbally and then you work your way up and you learn to create. But once you do, once you start to get to that point where you're on stage and it's flowing, you're learning a couple of things. It's like, look, I don't have to do it all myself, but as long as I'm react, relaxed, my brain's working really well that I've turned all that anxiety into excitement and energy and my brain's on fire my focus and your focus completely on it and and that flow state that you get in is really exciting and you're not worried about the outcome and this is a this is a boldness lesson really is bold people try all sorts of stuff they just push themselves in the arena to see what the heck's going to happen they have no idea and they don't actually worry about the outcome i'm going to walk over and i'm going to there's Arnold Schwarzenegger. I think I'm going to go talk to him. They don't. Go, I'm not going to get a selfie, an autograph. They're not thinking about anything. I'm going to go talk to him, and that's what they do. And it's the same thing in improv: is you're not aiming for a big finish. It's all happening organically. You're just contributing and saying yes, and saying yes, and adding content. And everybody's playing with with each other, and you're listening. And you're paying attention to what they're doing, and then and then it it, it 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 when it develops, you just say, "Wow, I have developed tremendous trust for my own brain 
and this whole process. And of course, once you've done it, if you've got to go to do a lecture and you're prepared, you've got actual material to do. That's easy. That's <laughs> you like, feel ready. oh, hell yeah. I got a PowerPoint <laughs> along with along with my lecture. This is amazing. I don't know. And what happens, and I tell people this because preparation is one of the key steps of building uh, your your boldness as a superpower is preparation is the foundation for spontaneity. When you're unprepared, it's impossible to, to be spontaneous unless you're a freaking genius, right? Um, if, you're unpre- if you're prepared, you have what you could say and in the moment discover what might be better or might be more interesting. It might be different or you could add to it. Comedians do this all the time. They go on stage with half a joke, wait, hoping that the energy of the crowd and the, 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 the energy of being on stage helps them finish the joke. And they do it all the time. They trust that that could happen 30% of the time, which is huge. They're not looking for 100%. They're, they're, they're going to roll out two, three things and say, uh, yeah. And, and then what happens is the comedians will, backstage will go, you know how you finish that joke? Because the comedian's sitting back there saying, that's a beautiful start to a joke. He just doesn't know where he's going with it. And they and comedians just help each other. I do this with my comic friends now is they'll they'll tell me a bit that's half baked and I'll just say it's this and this and this. And then they'll then they'll then they'll take off with it because I've given like the, the middle trajectory for it. We're talking way too much about stand up. But I mean, it's like I like but it. No, I'm sitting but, here just full ears open. I, I enjoy it. It's but good it, parallels, but it, too. Well, I mean, it's really is. That's why incredible. The, all the Super Bowl exercises in the book are based on how improv comedy is taught. Um, mm. And it's and could you elaborate you on? Do. Yeah, I'm sorry. I was just going to say, yeah. could you go ahead and just start taking us in? And obviously, for all the the listeners out there, make sure that you're grabbing the book. Before this, I did get the the audiobook version of it. It's just the way for me to get through content a little bit quicker, and I, I absorb it better that way. And um, you had a lot of really good stuff in there. And so I would love for you to, as much as you're willing to share, what is this process as people start reading into this book that really starts to unlock, unlock this framework? Because like you said, it's even in the, the title of this book, you can go from this to this or from this to bold rather in 90 yeah. days. And it yeah. took you so many years and so many failed attempts as you've shared. What, what is this framework? What are you willing to share with us today on the pod? So I, I, developed a a systematic way for you to develop your boldness muscle, which is called the pride method. And it's an acronym for preparation, which I talked about a little bit, relaxing, insight, dosage, and everyday action. So preparation is just preparing what you're going to say. We, in social situations, we think we don't have to prepare. Um, or we, we prepare or we hesitate. I know so many people who hesitate like at a party. Oh, I, I, I'm, I'm afraid to go talk to that person because I can't think of anything clever to say. And I said, that's your problem. You're trying to be clever, right? You're trying to be witty. That's too much pressure for somebody. How about be nice? How about introduce yourself? How about offer them a compliment? Now, and that's, I teach a lot of that stuff at the beginning of the book, like the mindset you need, but also the social skills that will help you when you, as you become bold to, to accelerate your ability to connect with people. But that preparation is just preparing what you're going to say. If you're going to walk across the room and say something, how about, I am Fred. That's a, that's a, an amazing dress you have on, Mm -hmm. Uh, or, you know, uh, or ask a question. What's what's the most interesting thing that's happened to you this month? It, 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 people, yeah. it's an open, don't ask yes or no questions. Don't say how you doing, right? That's not a question, right? It's sure. a greeting. Um, well, so I, think I that's always a key find thing. I think that's a key thing, though. What you're saying, and what I'd like to kind of just touch on really quick in this preparation step is. I hope that the audience can understand that I don't think what you're saying is that you have to have the whole book written of this conversation that you may have from cover to cover. It was kind of like what you're saying about being willing to go in with half a joke. Go in with the half of the joke, get the thing started, and then the more that you do this, you're going to start to learn to trust yourself in this process that things will start to gel and click. And then maybe organic 
conversation can flow from that. So to clarify, preparation is not necessarily like start rattling your brain of if I say this, then she's going to say that. Okay, if she says that, then I need to have this. Oh, crap. And then when it's actually happening, she says something different. And now you're, you know, your hair starting to you're pulling your hair out. Um, And I think that's the thing, right, is just know how to get things started. Take time and some intention behind that. And then these other portions of this pride method can kind of start to kick in and help yeah, you along it, the way. That's great. That's a that very good observation, Everett, because it, it is, you're not scripting the whole thing. You can't. You're just, what you want is the ability to be comfortable and trust yourself to, that you will discover by listening to the person. And that there's five words that will propel you through that conversation. They say something and you say, tell me more about that. Instead of saying what you want to say, here's, here's a typical example. People say, what's the most interesting thing you've done in the past month? Oh, I was in Rome, you know, and, and it was, a, a, you know, a really great time. And what people normally do is they turn it in. Now it's a ping pong match, right? Oh, I was in Rome and I did this and that and that and that. Or I was in, in London. And then, so they're, they're not, they feel like they got to come back with their interesting thing. Instead, say, tell me more about what was so interesting. And like, was there a, a restaurant? Did something crazy happen? Tell me more. And all of a sudden, they start talking. You know what? They're, they're going to think you're fascinating. And all you're doing is pulling something out of them. And, and then all of a sudden, they say, well, you know, the reason I went to Italy was I had just gotten divorced, right? And and then and I and I just needed to just be in a different country in a different environment. All of a sudden they start peeling themselves open because you just kept digging and you say, "Well, that's you know, did it help?" Right? You, you don't you don't start giving them the divorce advice. You just right. or, or marriage <laughs> advice. You just say yeah and before you know it, you you know more about this person than than sometimes their best friend. Because you just stayed interested in them. And that's part of, that's the real preparation is how do you stay interested in somebody else? How do you hmm. connect with them? And it's not memorizing jokes or, you know, having a full script. It's the opposite of that. And then, yeah. the, so, so that's step one of the pride right. method. And that, that applies all over the place, but it's certainly in the exercises. That's what you're going to do. And then the second step is, is relaxing. And people think it's hard to relax. Well, it is if you don't think about it. But if you just look at your body and say, where am I tense? And shake it off. Like if, before I would do stand-up, I, could, I would know I was tense. And I would just like shake my body. And then I would take three deep breaths. And breathing is amazingly powerful to relax you. Just and I, when I go on, like if I'm hitting a big stage with five, six thousand people, I'm backstage and I'm, I'm like, I, I'm feeling the energy grow in me and I don't want it to tip over into nervousness. I want all that nervousness to transform. So I'm just breathing. And if I can, I'll just vibrate the vagus nerve down my body. I'll go, uh, I'll do that in long, long tone letting the breath out really slowly. I'll do that two or three times and I'll feel my body shift into this energized, relaxed state instead of anxious. Because anxious is worthless, right? Your memory gets bad. Your, your cognitive skills you can get bad. Your, your physical behavior gets weird, right? N none of that works for you. Um, but when, when you're relaxed, and I, this, I love this story because it's such a great example of making, doing what, or I'm going to jump to the next word, which is insights. And I'll give you the example of a friend of mine who was so relaxed. She had prepared for her speech, but she went on stage 10 minutes into her performance. And she's got five, 600 people in front of the, in, in her audience. She breaks her high heel on stage. Oh and man. Gasps from the women in the audience. Cause it's like, that's dying to a lot of women that that happening on stage. That's right? the worst fear. Oh, man. And she looks down, kicks her shoes off and says, 
well, I guess I got to spend more than 30 bucks on shoes from now on. Well played. She just, yeah. Oh, yeah. They, she owned him at that point because they went like, that's the worst thing I could imagine happening. And she just laughed it off and kept on going barefoot for the rest of the presentation. That's what you can do when you decide, when you relax and say nothing bad happens unless I decide to make it bad. She could have gotten so anxious, she walked off the stage. Yeah. But when you do that, it's why people like watching people do stand-up. They go, I would never do that. (laughs) I would (laughs) never get in front of people. Uh, That's terrifying to me. And he's getting up there to to tell jokes. She's trying to make people laugh. That's insane. So they admire that. So if you can do it and be relaxed, they don't even understand how it's possible. But it is. And so incredible. the insight, nothing bad happens. And also understand nobody's thinking about you anywhere near as much as you think they are. Yes. I've had to tell myself that. Yeah. Yeah. And it sounds, yeah. Cause, and I've told people that too, like, you know, you worry about yourself more than anybody else does. Nobody really, no offense, but nobody cares. And it sounds a little ruthless, but it's, it's, and it's maybe care is not the right word to use, but you know, as I've said this to myself or to others, it's like, yeah, you're going to pay more attention to all of the major and all of the macro and micro details of you as a person and how you're portraying yourself and how you think people are seeing you because that's because you're the one that has to live with you. It's kind of an ego thing. And it's like, if we can recognize that it's even, even if the worst thing does happen, let's play the worst case scenario and it could be bad. Sure. You know, I don't want to make light of a disastrous moment in somebody's life, but it, people aren't going to hold on to that forever now. And, and I think some of this might just be because we're so hyper-connected in this world of social media and the internet and everything's right there that we see certain, um, you know, like certain court trials that are going on right now that are just memes across the whole, you know, everything. And it's like, oh, well, I'm glad it's them. Cause I would never want, you know, to be in the spot like, like that. And it's like, well most people aren't going to be. So once again, kind of allow yourself to relax, be prepared coming into this. And then as you're saying, getting into this next phase, I think, I think that's an incredible thing that I just wanted to elaborate on there for a moment. That's well said. It's an important thing. Yeah. And what bold people know is that there's a small circle of people whose opinions actually matter to them. And the rest of the people, it doesn't matter. They don't, they, they don't know that person and that, the, that person doesn't know them. So it's like, oh, he's an idiot, right? What, because I, I always use the example of like, if you're driving on the highway and you cut somebody off and they yell out the window, you effing idiot, are you actually an effing idiot because they called you that? Or were you just in a hurry? Or were you just not paying attention? You don't, you're not deciding oh my gosh, I'm an idiot. I, had, I hadn't even thought about it, but I'm actually an idiot because that guy <laughs> exactly. told me I was. It's a complete stranger. So apply that to everything. Why would you worry about what complete strangers are thinking? Because they can be thinking everything. Every, we got 50 different kind of biases, you know, affirmation, confirmation, you know, gender bias. We got a million of them, right? That we're running, we're processing data. We're doing it. I do right. it. I have judgments about people all the time. And I force myself to meet the person to prove myself wrong. And I'm wrong like 90% of the time. So it's, that's, that's, and that's the insight to have is nothing bad's going to happen unless you decide to call that. And, and people, even if it happens badly, they're going to think about it for about 30 seconds if, uh, while it's actually happened. You're gonna, 20 years later, you're going to be saying, oh, man, I, I can't believe I said that. And then you run into the person you said it to, and they say, I, I have no recollection of that. <laughs> I don't know why you're carrying it. Around. Right. But we carry it around. We love to carry it around and replay the bad movie. Of course. So those are key insights. There's more I talk about in the book. But then the next step is dosage, which is controlling the intensity of your venture into your discomfort zone. You don't, you know, like I said, when doing improv comedy, we didn't walk on stage with a full audience no experience 
try to create a scene based on the suggestion. We started simply and we learned how to do it. And so as you do it, you, you say, look, I want to start meeting strangers. Uh, oh, so go to a party of 100 people in tuxedos that you know no one and don't wear a, a ball gown, right? You'll feel ridiculous, right? Uh, and, you, and you'll retreat back into your shell. Do something, you know, just like when people say, well, I'm trying to become a good public speaker. Uh, you know, how big an audience should I start with? And I'd say 10 people, right? Five <laughs> if 10 is too much. Not sure. 200, right? You know, go to Toastmasters. It's a group of supportive people all learning how to speak better. That's what, right. that's start there. And you increase the dosage as you feel comfortable. Then you say, okay, I, I can go farther. I can, I can push myself deeper and I can try something new, something crazy. And that's what the exercises are about. It starts smiling at 10 people. And then it starts, then it's, Talk to start talking to strangers, compliment a stranger and leave, walk away. Right. right? Just do a total drive by yeah. compliment. And then now ask somebody a question, introduce yourself, start to do this stuff. And then, then, then you'll get to one of my favorite exercises because it triggers so many things is <laughs> when you see a sign that says employees only go in. Oh man. Nothing bad happens. <laughs> Nothing bad will ever happen. You will not be arrested. You will not be beaten to death. Most of the time, nobody's even going to say anything because the sign was wow. the only thing to keep you out. But you feel, I want you to feel all of the stuff going on in your head. It's like, I can't go in there. There's a sign. The sign that says employees only. I'm not an employee. I can't go in. Right. Go in. Yeah. And then and it's, a, it's, a, it's a boldness exercise because you'll get through. You'll be on the other side. Just go in there and embrace it. And say, wow, nobody has said anything. Or they'll say, can I help you? Yeah. And you'll say, uh, no, I'm just uh, looking around. And they'll say, well, and they may say, this is for employees only. At which point you can say, well, technically I am an employee, just not here. So I, <laughs> I misunderstood the sign. Well, and they'll look at you like you're a buffoon. And right. you leave. And, and that's your worst case, bad really. actually happened. And when you, then you start to say, wow. That is analog for uh, analogous to all sorts of things that I'm stopping myself. Why am I the one? Right. Old people never are the ones who stop themselves. They let somebody else try. Most of the time, nothing's. They'll walk into a nightclub like they belong there. They'll walk right past the velvet rope, and the, and the bouncer just sort of lets them walk in. Right. Uh, that. They'll do, they'll do all sorts of stuff to see who's going to stop them. And if nobody does, then they're, they're in. They have this mindset, I belong wherever I am. Because wow. they're a human being. When you start to change that and make that your mindset, it's amazing. I have been in, I have been in the room with guys 10, 100 times more successful than me. And I just treat them and, and I'll be the one underdressed half the time. They'll be in suits and I'm, I'll be like I am now. And I'll just be talking to everybody. And at no point does anybody say, where's your suit? Right. They just engage with me because I'm treating them like a regular person. Because you know what? They are. They still are a human yeah. being who's made all sorts of mistakes. And when I behave that way, I don't behave like they're up here and I'm down here. Or I'm above them, or I never do any of those things. Uh, you know, I, I start everybody on equal footing, no matter how much I even disagree with them. It's like, I totally disagree with your political opinions. Tell me more about why you think that. Yeah. Instead of saying, you know, starting to call them names or something like that. And you know what? Turns into a really interesting conversation where they end up starting to think a little bit more like me, which is yeah. surprising to me because it's like, because they're not on defense anymore. Well, and I think at the end of the day, there's a realization we all, I encourage all of us to try to come to, and I'm in the process of this. And that is just recognizing that people are people. You know, we have different stories. We were all raised in different areas, maybe, or with different upbringings or a difference of opinion of what's right versus wrong. But as soon as you can kind of shake, like, like you were saying, relax and just kind of shake off this thing of, 
oh man, well, this person is this or that or the other. And, you know, I'm not worthy to be in their presence or any of this type of stuff. You're sabotaging your opportunity to create some really meaningful relationships and conversations that can change you for the rest of your life. Yeah. And, you know, and, it, and, and I said this in a recent episode, I believe, where even beyond that, isn't it wildly fascinating that out of all of the timeline of existence of humans, you know, that we all happen to live right now in the same small, minute section of that timeline. Now, if that doesn't make you more relatable to the person next to you, regardless of your stature or, you know, what you've done, where you're, where you got your degree from or what um, exits you had with these big billion dollar companies, you know, if, if that's not the most important thing to be able to recognize that you have in relation with these people, you know, then what is? Because this is our opportunity to live. And it was a blessing that we're even here. And a lot of times we can live a life feeling like it's cursed that we're here, that we are some sort of curse or that life itself is. And yes, circumstances can get really bad. And I don't want to make light of traumatic events or just very unfair, you know, dealings for people. But as long as we can surround ourselves with information and people that can enlighten and encourage us into this belief, which is true, that this is special. The fact that we can breathe air and I could get, I could get really like, you know, out into the clouds with this conversation on this. But I just, I think everything that you're saying in these really tactical bite-sized approaches, it feeds this bigger philosophical thing that makes your life blossom into something that's bigger than than you ever thought that it could be. And even more special than that, if you have loved ones in your life, it affects them and then beyond, kind of that butterfly effect sense as well. Would you say that boldness is a, a rather infectious um, character trait, that when you see boldness happening around you that you go, wow, kind of like you said, how did that person just walk past the bouncer? How did they do that? You know, And it's like, well, maybe we should do that. Maybe I should yeah. do that. And all of a sudden it's like, well, you know, and I think, I just think that's really fascinating that everything that you're preaching and teaching and educating people on this affects not only them in the greatest capacity, but is a great incentive to the people around them because it can bring everybody up. It does. It does. It just like an, uh, an attitude of abundance creates that positivity in general because bold people are behaving in a positive way they are they're saying there will be an interesting outcome no matter what happens mm-hmm. it, it'll be like wow i tried and almost made it right up to the edge and i yeah, and i slipped down the wall and fell but i went all the way over there uh and and i got a lot farther i got i got into the nightclub and then eventually a manager came over and said uh you know you're supposed to pay <laughs> and, <laughs> and i was like oh i'm sorry and i'm like and uh, yeah, it's a like, private party you know uh really that sounds interesting can i come in i've done it you know like a wedding crasher sort of thing i've been in stuff that's <laughs> you know like this looks interesting i think i'll go in if somebody kicks you out of course they kicked you out you weren't it wasn't so you weren't supposed to be there but you, at the, at the moment, you behaved, you told yourself, I belong here. Until somebody tells me I don't, and then maybe I can disagree with them. But I mean, you, right. even with the bouncer, you can go to the bouncer and say, you know, I just saw that guy. And you shake the bouncer's hand and you say, so the other guy come up. I saw him slip you $100. And then, and then you lit him in. I don't have $100 yet. But when I'm successful, I'm going to come up to you and I'm going to hand you $200. But I'd like to come in now. Hmm. The bouncer is going to let you in. Yeah. He's going to go, come on in. Come on in. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing too. You you talk to him at that level. Right. Right. Well, and I think the important distinction here too to make is this isn't a permission slip to go be – you know, go, go start breaking laws and just live recklessly. And I think that's important to understand. Don't take the information, and this is me speaking to the listeners, don't take the information that Fred has for us and in this book and in these workshops, which I, I want to hear more about that in just a moment, kind of clarify what that is, what that looks like for people so they can get excited for that. But 
This is about living a fuller, richer life. This is about putting yourself outside of your comfort zone to realize what you, number one, what you actually are capable of and what are in the realms of possibility for your life and the people around you by doing this. And sure, there's, there's some, like you said, velvet ropes that you might, you know, duck underneath or step over and, or walking into the employee, you know, back room or whatever it is. Um, but this is not a permission slip from Fred to go live recklessly and dangerously. Can you quickly kind of break down the yeah, difference is, of where that line is? Because a lot of people think very black and white with some of this stuff. And I want to make sure that we can clarify some of these, these uh, delineations. Yeah, it, this is not to get over onto somebody uh, of some, or, or to act without integrity or to hurt somebody. Never hurt anybody. Bold people are, are not hurting they, anybody. They may make people uncomfortable because they're being so bold. That's a different thing. But if you're taking advantage of them, if, if you know, if it, I'm not saying be a con artist, but that's what a con artist does is they make people have confidence in them. But that's a failed life. If you're hurting people, taking advantage of people that, that acting out of integrity, you're not, you're not a con, you're not fulfilling dreams. You're just you're just greedily satisfying yourself. Bold, this type of boldness that I'm talking about, there's a humility to it and there's an integrity to it because that's the real fulfilling, satisfying life is when you can make people feel better about themselves, when you can make people feel connected to you and maybe to each other, when you help them to achieve their dreams, because eventually that's what your real boldness is going to do is you're going to bring as many people up and along as possible. And that's where the real satisfying life is. The real joy in life is contribution. It is not gain. And that's a, you have to know that maybe that's a different lesson you need to learn, but don't combine your malevolence with boldness. There's plenty of people, you know, boldly going where they don't belong, where they, you know, and hurting people, um, sure. you know, trying to take over another country would be an interesting example of that. Um, <laughs> exactly. You know, uh, but that's, that's a failed life. Uh, and I, I understand that at the, at the end of it, you won't be lying on your deathbed saying, wow, I'm, I'm really glad I killed all those people in the Ukraine. You know, mm -hmm. uh, that's, that's right. not, you know, what, or, or uh, I conned all of these people out of this much money. They're so stupid. That's, you're just going to be, you're going to, it's, it's the pathway to misery. Yes, absolutely. And I think, I just think that's important. And you do bring that up in the book and uh, that, that distinction. And, um, I just think it's important even in this conversation here today, um, for us to kind of understand what the purpose behind becoming bold, you know, not only for you, but, but the people around you and how that brightens life in general, it's not to you know, a permission slip to go be dangerous or to hurt people in that process. So, um, man, there's just, there's so much that we could continue to dig into, but I, I want to start to kind of turn the ship a little bit towards the finish line and wrap this up just to be respectful of your time and everybody else's ears. Um, but not only do you have this best selling book, but you're developing this, this workshop around it. Can you explain what that is and how people could get involved in that, what they can expect, and just kind of pitch it to us a little bit. Yeah. So people came to me and said, like, I, I've read the book, but it's like, I, I need I need to be pushed. I need to, like, I, I'm trying to do the exercises, but I need some some environment that, that helps me. Uh, and I've done several different kinds of workshops over the years. Uh, and so... I have, uh, I'm June 24th and 25th in Los Angeles. I'm doing the first Super Bold workshop, which is a two day workshop, very interactive. We're going to put you through some transformations and also give you those, the tools and embed those tools of the pride method uh, so that you are significantly stronger when you come out, where you, where you just feel like, oh, oh I just jumped. A couple of levels here and I get it and I can start to apply it and you're going to be doing stuff in the classroom and then I'm 
I'm releasing you into the wild. That's Friday night. You got to, you got four boldness exercises to do that are challenging for you, whatever level you're at. And you've got a wing person with you that's recording them on a phone. And then you're recording her on at doing her thing. And it could be, Oh, I, you know, I need to, I'm so shy. I just need to talk to five people and they'll say, great. That's what you're going to do. That, uh, but there could be other people with super confidence. And guess what? Here's a guitar. Go try to make some money playing guitar. It's like, I don't play guitar. Even better. Go try to sing and make money without being able to play guitar. Got to do it for half an hour. And you, you do that sort of stuff. And, you, and, and it's like, by the way, here's a wig to put on. And, <laughs> and they'll say, wow, I actually did it. I didn't die. <laughs> Nothing bad happened. And I'm look at me. I, I did something completely pointlessly crazy and i feel better i i tried it with no harm no and i made 37 dollars. <laughs> you know it's gonna be like that and and so if if you're if you're frustrated at where you are you just feel like you're you're ready to break through and start to transform your life wherever you are in your career or your personal life or whatever maybe you're recently divorced maybe you're you're looking to change your career. Maybe you're looking to start a business. Maybe you're just single and, and want to fix that. Or maybe you're just, just want to be able to meet anybody you want to meet. Come on down. And I'll, I'm going to be doing them around the country. So you'll be able to okay. see on my, my website where the next ones are, if you don't want to fly to LA, but Hey, it's going to be June in LA. It's going to be pretty nice. And Santa Monica, it's going to be fantastic. Yeah. Well, and this is a bold exercise for you as well. Like, turning this book into a workshop and that process. I know that there's a lot that goes into that, but man, the transformation and the community that's built out of that. So I know you just mentioned they can go to your website. Where else can people find you um, and connect with you? And then the book, where can they find that? And I will make sure to link all of this stuff in the show notes of this podcast as well. So the book is available on Amazon. It's self-published, so you won't see it in bookstores. But Amazon has the Kindle version, the Audible version, and the hardcover version. And if you read a digital version of it or listen to it, you can go to my website, fredjoyle.com, and download the exercises. There's a PDF of all the exercises so that you can have a physical copy of the exercises. And I'm Fred Joyle everywhere. I'm a marketing guy, so I grab my name. (laughs) Twitter, Facebook. Smart man. TikTok, Snapchat, uh, LinkedIn. It's all Fred Joyle. So you, uh, I'm, I'm easy to find. You can go to the website also, download the first chapter. You can schedule a half an hour conversation with me there. If you want to talk about the workshop or just talk about how you're, you, you can't get out of your room, I'll get you out of your room. Uh, I'll get you trying stuff. Uh, and you can learn about the workshops. You can see a couple of boldness lectures that are there as well. So th- that's how you find me. That's incredible. Well, thank you for coming on today. I kind of want to turn the steering wheel just a little bit for a quick, maybe 90 seconds, maybe two minutes if we're having fun with it. But I want to ask you the question, Fred, what are you most scared of? Like as soon as I I find something I'm scared of, I try it. Uh, What have you been most hesitant to do it, but still went along with it. Share something exclusive and special. Make this podcast stand out for us. Um, I've never been a particularly good dancer. So I force myself to dance in public all the time. I dance on stage. I make people come on stage with me and dance. Amazing. Um, yeah. Uh, and, and I did this whole, I, I closed one show. It was 5,000 people. I had like 30 people on stage. I had worked with a choreographer to prepare for it. Um, and it was so, I was so afraid of doing it that I have no idea if I did what he had prepared for me. I just, <laughs> and he said, don't worry about it. Just do whatever you're going to do. Just dance to the music. And, uh, and people loved it. But I actually said like, come on up to dance and nobody came up and I said, look, I'm going to do it alone. So you're not going to want to watch that. So people, and then two people came up, then four people, then eight people, then it was 30 and that's the stage was shaking and the whole crowd is just 
cheering and get their phones out and everything. And so it was, it was great fun, but yeah, I have this, this, uh, you know, because of course people told me like, oh, you don't seem to have any rhythm and stuff like that. So <laughs> you process that as as what makes you hesitant. And so I just say, got to do it. Well, there you go. Yeah. And so dancing is something that you're pretty reluctant to, but you are you are in a living example of just taking that bold action. And, you know, what's the worst that could go wrong? It typically ends up pretty well. So you did mention you have a TikTok. Are you sharing some of your dance routines on there? I mean, that's how the platform I am, started. I have not, uh, <laughs> I have not uh, dove into TikTok yet. Um, <laughs> okay. Just just from a time standpoint, oh, no it's, it's like it doesn't, uh, you know, I also look at what monetizes a little bit, yeah. you know, and, and who my target audience really sure. is. So I haven't done much with that. <laughs> well, maybe in the future as, as things open up. Yeah, or, uh, undoubtedly yeah. <laughs> there will be TikTok moments for me. That's amazing. So another question for you, what out of everything in the world, what makes you smile? What makes you, what gives you the biggest smile? If you had to pick one thing, what is that for you? Um, I, I just, uh, a Broadway show, a Broadway musical, oddly, you know, very specifically when, when I, when I watch the amount of energy, a live performance of all these people just putting out all of this energy and skill uh and in in, a, in an emotional story I, i'm just i'm filled with delight to to experience that yeah well that's that's great is that something that you've always been interested in or have you just found that as life has progressed for you i'm just totally curious no it's it's been a lot of my life and i and i fortunately i've always made it a priority to allocate money to it i just uh, saw the music man on Broadway with Hugh Jackman. Uh, and it was just incredible. And the great thing was, and another boldness exercise was the next day I was in Starbucks and it was near the theater and it was about an hour and a half before the, the next, the Sunday matinee. And I see this young boy walk in and he's got a jacket that says the music man on it. And he's with his dad. So I just, talk to him. I said, are you in the company? And he says, yeah, big smile on his face. So excited. And I, and I just said, I saw it yesterday. It was unbelievable. You guys were amazing. Cause there were a lot of kids in the cast and the, the dancing they did with was breathtaking. Wow. And so I ended up taking, I said, I want a picture with you. Cause when you're famous, I want to be able to say, I knew him when he was in the music, man, as a kid, you know? Um, and then another kid came in and he waved at him, uh, and I realized they were they were hitting their Starbucks before they were going backstage to to get ready for the show. So I ended up talking to that kid too, and it, it was just you know as delightful as the show itself was to see. This was both of them. It was their first Broadway show, and it's like you guys are in the biggest hit on Broadway, and you're dancing in it. You're, you know, good for you. Yeah, you know, this is an exciting time in your life. That's so cool. What what a interesting thing to be able to have in your life story as you look back on that over time. The last thing that I want to ask you is just more being selfish for the sake of my audience. I mean, you're a keynote speaker, CEO, author, you've shared a lot of what your story has been up to this point. It's really for a lot of the people that listen to this podcast, this is kind of the dream. You know, it seems like you're living the dream in a sense, just you've become very successful and you you live this very rich life, you know, just a very full life of abundance, it seems. So for those chasing a similar path and look at that with rose colored glasses and really see that as the ideal for them, a path that's similar to what you've taken thus far, what's the top piece of advice that you would have for them? Um, let's see how, how would I put it is, uh, the, the safest path is the most dangerous. The safest path is the most dangerous. Yes, because you'll get to the end of your life and you'll go, ah, mm. I missed it. I missed a lot of stuff. I missed everything. If something scares you, try it. I don't mean like juggling snakes or something like that. I mean, like there's a, there's information. If you have a fear about something, a fear of failing, that means you want to try it. So you've got to, you've got to find a way to try it and maybe get good at it. But it, it, you know, that, and it comes, it's so much of what I say is, is, is to, 
to people is this one basic thing is the only person you need permission from to have the most satisfying, fulfilling, adventurous, love-filled, exciting life. The only person you need permission from is you. Amazing. Amazing. And that is just the perfect way to wrap it up. And obviously, which way now, nation, this book, Super Bold, this is going to change your life in 90 days. It's a proven framework that Fred has worked on, that he's lived this life himself, and he is sparing you the pain of taking years to overcome these obstacles. And if you really want to take it to the next level, then you're going to join this workshop that Fred's got for us. This is special and it's an exclusive thing. You got to get in. I mean, people might be banging on the doors and we're going to have to just set extra chairs up. I think that might happen, Fred. <laughs> but Fred, thank you so much for taking the time today. Thank you for just, even outside of this episode on the podcast, sharing your story, sharing your existence, putting it on paper and giving the world something valuable that will live on even beyond you. This has been incredible and fascinating for me. So I personally thank you. And to all of the listeners, make sure you go check out Fred. He's got all sorts of stuff going on and the, all of those links to the book, the workshop and everything else will be in the show notes. So check that out. And until next time, stay bold and peace. Well, that does it for this episode. You can always reach out to me directly on my Instagram at evanshank75 with any thoughts or questions you may have. I'd love to connect and hear your story. Make sure you follow and subscribe and also leave a review on whichever platform you're listening to this on. My only question to you is, which way now?